What's up, you lovely lurkers? Welcome to the front podcast of the internet. I'm your host, Willie. And I'm your host, Scott. We're a show all about Reddit. Covering all the ups and down votes in 30 minutes. Or it's free. If you like the show, you can find more of us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Or inside the rear molars of Willie, along with the cavity. It's going to hurt. We're off this week. So how are we bringing you this show? (laughs) Willie is in Florida right now, palling it up with not the baseball players because strike's still going. No, and I also realized that guess what's happening this weekend? It makes me feel really shitty about going to Florida. The Republican National Convention. Yeah, Yeah, it's CPAC this weekend, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Well, maybe your significant other had other plans, and this will be quite the revealing weekend. Clearly, we're recording this before I go to Florida. So what we wanted to do this week was maybe take a look back in the archives. What we wanted to do is uh, bring you a regular show, but we just can't do it logistically. So (laughs) we had to come up with something because we love you. And uh, we just want you to know that we're still here. We're still here for you. And uh, stay tuned next week when we come back with a regular show. And I am going to eat a popsicle because I'm, nope, this is, nope, not this because this this is just a pile of liquid now. Don't put it. I'm putting it in the bowl. Why don't you take that? It's supposed to be in a freezer. It's just in your backpack. Put it upstairs. It's in a plastic bag. It's fine. Right? Yes, because those are so reliable and watertight. This episode brought to you by your local neighborhood Target. Not a sponsor, but if they wanted to, we take that bullseye money. What's the most outlandish thing you have ever seen go down in public? Well, this is a story. A man says, as a man... That has reached the ripe old age of 48, I can promise you I have seen some shit. I was waiting out front of a truck stop back in the mid-80s, sitting on a park bench with a guy that had a big Rottweiler kind of dog. I tried to make small talk, but he was quite a sourpuss. So we sat in silence for a few minutes until the most unexpected thing I have ever seen happened right before my very eyes. While we were sitting there, a big 18-wheeler pulls up without a trailer, so he parks right up front like a normal car would. Inside the cab of the truck with the driver is a little monkey, the dancing organ grinder kind. (laughs) Well, the dog spots the little monkey and proceeds to go apeshit, lunging at the end of his leash and barking at the top of his lungs, generally making a real spectacle out of himself, to say the least. The driver, obviously upset, but not nearly as much as the monkey is. Actually, upset may be the wrong adjective to use for this monkey. I think eagerly aggressive may be a more appropriate description. He was pacing the dashboard back and forth, never taking his eyes off the very aggressive dog. The driver opens up one of those little triangle windows, you know, that they don't make in cars anymore. He yells out (laughs) to this douchebag to call his dog off because he's upsetting the monkey. The guy laughs and says, no way. I told you he's a jerk, didn't I? Says his dog isn't bothering anybody. The dog hasn't shut up since he laid his eyes on him. I promise you, Scott, he is bothering everybody for several blocks. (laughs) Now, here's where things start to get interesting. The driver says if he doesn't call off his dog, he's going to let the monkey loose on the dog. Douchebag laughs and says that his dog would eat the monkey alive. Upon hearing this, the driver leans over and reaches into the glove box, I guess. 
Uh-oh. Pulls out one of those tiny little bats like you'd see at a carnival and places it in the monkey's hands. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> the monkey obviously knows what's about to go down because he's now trying to squeeze out that little triangle window I mentioned earlier. The monkey has murder in his eyes if I've ever seen it. And in his hands. <laughs> the driver hollers, last chance to save your dog's ass, man. In response, Douchebag lets his dog off the leash. Now we have a situation that's escalated to the point where we have a dog jumping at a window and a monkey screaming profanities right back at him. Wait, the monkey can speak? I don't know. <laughs> well, the driver finally rolls down the regular window and out leaps all kinds of miniature primate hell. The dog never knew what hit him. Quick as a flash, this monkey is riding on the back of this dog's neck. His two back feet all wrapped up in his neck fur with one hand uh, hanging on to an ear. The other hand, as you may have guessed, is now steadily and mercilessly raining down blows upon this dog's head. <laughs> and I mean hard blows. You can hear them. Whap, whap, whap. <laughs> well, it only took a moment for the dog to realize he was in way over his head. He bolts yelping bloody murder as he's running away at full speed i mean this dog is running so fucking hard he's throwing up tufts of grass and dirt as he soon leaves the pavement the monkey is still riding him beating him the entire time douchebag acts like he wants to fight now but several people including myself step in to stop the nonsense in a couple of minutes or so, the tiny little monkey comes looping back with his little bat in hand and leaps up onto the sill of the open window of the truck and awaits his master to go into the store. I thought he was going to jump up at the end and do like a little mini King Kong thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little brother that farted bare-assed into my face eight years ago. Ugh. His asshole puckered, and I felt the bubbles of stench roll around my nose and fumigate my sinuses. Bubbles? It was the worst way I've ever woken up. And since that day, I vowed to return the shame. This was eight years ago. This dude's gonna shit on his brother. <laughs> Worse. Oh no! <laughs> I recently was on Reddit looking at the worst prank ever, where you melt butter... Poop in a butter tub and then pour the melted butter on top. Let it coagulate and then it looks like butter that hides your poop. I did that. Oh my god. <laughs> it, it took about two weeks for anyone to find out about it. We were sitting at dinner and it started to smell a little. The butter had been left out for a few hours and, I, and it started to get soft, which, for whatever reason, was allowing the smell of the poop to be revealed. I tried to put it back in the fridge and in my embarrassment because I realized how fucked up this prank was and how my family was all eating the butter, not just my brother. No, no, they're all eating it? I am not a smart man. <laughs> my mother is the one that found the poop. She took a large knife full out of the tub, and the tip of the knife was brown. Breaking the airtight butter seal of the two-week-old poop allowed for the most horrid stench I could have imagined. The poop had been decomposing for a bit. Nobody knew I did it, because it literally makes no sense. No. My mother tried to sue the I-can't-believe-it's-not-butter <laughs> folks until I admitted that I pooped in the butter. I looked around the table after it was said. My father stared blankly into the kitchen, 
My mother stared at me, a scowl on her face, quickly dropping the knife. My brother exclaimed, what the fuck? (laughs) And quickly left the table. Nobody yelled at me. (laughs) Nobody even looked at me. They just slowly went outside, all three of them, and they went to go get ice cream. When they were gone, I quickly cleaned up the mess, the table, washed the dishes, and then went back to my room. Now my family won't speak to me. Hate begets hate. Don't join the dark side. And that, kids, is the origin story of Jake Paul. Wingmen of Reddit, what's the craziest thing you have done to help your friend get laid? Hmm. My friend was sleeping over at my house. My parents and brothers were all asleep upstairs while we were downstairs watching TV, playing video games and shit. At around one in the morning, he asks if this girl can come over. He really wanted to get with this girl, and I don't want to turn him down, so I reluctantly agree on the conditions that she's quiet. Hmm. The three of us are hanging out, and I make some excuse to leave the room so that my friend can have some alone time with this girl. I'm upstairs in my room. When I start hearing loud moans. Naturally. This is bad news for me, but great news from a friend. (laughs) He's losing his virginity to the girl he really likes. I hear stirring in the next room, and I know that their bout of loud lovemaking has woken up my parents. Uh Uh-oh. The last thing I want is for my confused father to walk in on my friend fucking this girl in my basement. (laughs) What do I do? I go to Pornhub. Click on the first video I see, crank that shit to 100 on my speaker, and let it play for the three minutes that my buddy ended up lasting. Holy. My dad ended up coming into my room, discovering the source of the noise. I even threw in some fapping motions under the covers. (laughs) And awkwardly leaving. My buddy ended up having the best fucking time, bro. But Jesus, were there some awkward glances in exchange between my parents and I the next morning. I was day-tripping to Vancouver from Seattle and stopped in for lunch at a little cafe. I usually day-trip in Colorado. That would explain all those murders. From my window, I saw a young teenage girl out in the cold, (laughs) squatted down in a closed-up business doorway, holding a small bundle in her arms. She was panhandling. People were mostly walking by, ignoring her. She looked just broken. I finished up my meal and went outside. Went through my wallet, and I thought I'd give her a five spot for some food. I got up to her, and she was sobbing. She looked like she was 14, maybe 15, and that bundle in her arms was a baby all wrapped up. I felt like I had just got punched in the chest. She looked up, putting on her game face, and asked for some change. I asked her if she'd just like some lunch. Right next door was a small, quick-trip-type grocery store, and I got a can of formula for the baby, who was maybe two, three months old. I took her back to the cafe, though I had just eaten. She was very thankful, got a burger, and just inhaled it. I got her some pie and some ice cream, and she opened up, and we talked. She was 15, had gotten pregnant, and her parents were angry, and she was fighting with them. She had run away, and she had been gone for almost a full year. I asked her if she'd like to go back home, but she got silent. I coaxed a little bit more, and she said her parents wouldn't want her back. Coaxed a little further, and she admitted that she had stole $5,000 in cash from her dad. As it turns out, $5,000 doesn't last very long at all on the streets, and they are very tough on a 15-year-old. She did want to go back, but she was afraid that no one would want her after what she had done. We talked some more. I wanted her to use my phone to call home, but she refused. I told her I would call to see if her folks wanted to talk to her, and she hesitated. 
gave some excuses, but eventually agreed. She dialed the number and I took the phone and her mom picked up and said hello. Awkwardly, I introduced myself and said that her daughter would like to speak to her. Silence. Suddenly I heard crying. I gave the phone to the girl and she was just quiet listening to her mom cry and then said hello. And then she started crying. But they talked and then she gave the phone back to me. I talked to her mom a little bit more. I drove her down to the bus station and I bought her a bus ticket home. Gave her $100 cash for incidentals and some formula, diapers, wipes, and snacks for the road. I got to the bus and she just cried saying thank you over and over. I get a Christmas card every year from her. She's 21 now and in college. Her name is Michaela and her baby was Joe. I've never really told anyone about this. I just feel good knowing that I did something good in this world. Maybe it'll make up for all the things that I've fucked up. Man, that hits you right in the feels. I think the pandemic has hit us all pretty hard. So I want to tell a story about a fun, uplifting moment. I live in an apartment complex that has a bunch of little kids. During the original lockdown, I would go outside to walk around, get out, and one day, one of the kids launched a soccer ball in my direction, and without thinking, I headed the ball back to them. And they said something like, whoa, do it again, do it again. (laughs) And I was hesitant at first because I'm a bald 31-year-old with a large beard playing with a bunch of little kids. I told them, I'm not sure your parents would like it if you would play with strangers, but you guys have fun. I didn't realize that one of their moms was sitting inside with the window open watching them and I hear her yell, please kick the ball around with them if you want to. I know you live across the hall and I see you all the time. So I proceeded to play soccer with them for about two hours and I had a blast. Awesome. Now, every Friday, without fail, a group of kids knocks on my door at 6 p.m. because they know that I'm home from work and they want me to play some kind of game with them. We play freeze tag last Friday. It was dope. (laughs) I cheated and climbed a tree so that they couldn't catch me. (laughs) This makes me feel like I was a kid again, and it truly is the highlight of my week. The mom also brings me fresh tamales at least every two weeks and refuses to let me pay for them. That's so nice. I want tamales. So my story starts on a normal day taking calls on the front line for a large cable company. The job pays well, and for the most part, the people I deal with are fairly nice to talk to. Quite often, we'll get calls from seniors, especially in the morning, who have premise equipment issues, uh, such as snow on screen or no signal, and their TV sets get disconnected from the digital equipment. Now, my heart goes out to some of these folks, because up until recently, we would supply straight analog cable to many homes, coax from the wall to the TV. However... Most cities we service nowadays require digital equipment to receive channels, and this has caused a lot of frustration with older people who don't know how to operate said equipment. Naturally. So, often we'd get customers who are repeat offenders with long ticket histories looking into these issues. I got a call from an older gentleman who's quite bitter and mean right off the bat. I have some experience handling these types of customers, however, I knew for this call it was going to be different. I spent over 45 minutes with this guy trying to get his TV set connected so the digital box could receive a picture. No luck. He was getting clearly frustrated by the whole ordeal and started blaming me for not being able to do my job properly. Whatever. Like I said, I've dealt with this before, so I tried my best not to take it personally, but eventually I had to ask him if we could book a service tech to his home so we could get the TV working correctly. Unfortunately, our booking calendar was showing appointments three days out. That's when he dropped this on me. Oh no. Don't bother sending a goddamn technician because I'll be dead by then. I'm 94 and this is the only thing I have left. Are you really going to make me wait for a tech? I instantly felt bad. I mean, I've heard every complaint in the book as to why people don't want to wait for a tech, but this one kind of got to me. 
I'm in my mid-twenties, so honestly, I can't even imagine how it must feel to utter those words. So I spoke with my supervisor, who said if we could get somebody out there earlier, but we couldn't promise anything. So I let him know, and he was predictably not happy with my answer. At this point, it sounded like he started to cry. Suddenly, he goes into how he has no family left, no friends that come and visit, and nobody in his building that could help. I felt so terrible that I took it upon myself to ask him if I could pay a visit myself. It was a city over, but not that far to drive, really. He sounded a little shocked that I was willing to do this, but very thankful that I was willing to come out and help him. So I head over, go to the residence and meet him, and with 30 seconds, I had the cable running again. <laughs> and even though I brought him a simplified remote for his set-top box to avoid any problems in the future. And that's when he started crying. He goes into how he actually hasn't spoken or really interacted with anyone for years. He gave me a hug and told me how thankful he was that I came out and that I had helped him. And he told me how sorry for was for being mean earlier on. I said it was no problem and I was happy to help. And that was it. I left. Three weeks later, my supervisor came to my desk and asked me if I could speak to her for a little bit about his account. It turns out he sent the cable company a letter outlining how thankful he was for helping him with his issue and how it really made an old man happy again for once in a very long time. That letter was framed and put on our front entrance to retail. I guess the moral of this story is no matter how nasty someone is to you over the phone, Sometimes they're not always a terrible person, and they're just going through a lot. I still think about him occasionally when I get those nasty customers, and it makes me feel a little bit better. Anyway, thanks for listening. I just thought I'd share how this one call changed my outlook on life. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. Find more of us on our socials, and remember, no matter what you're into, whether it's took too much, accidental cosplay, Alzheimer's group, or Calvin and Hobbes, they